This is Brian Amick, and welcome to episode 14 of Project 39. Today's guest is Ray Black. Um, Ray's pretty well known in the community through his work at the Boys and Girls Club, uh, years spent uh, coaching, and he's also a member of the Madison City Council. But uh, today, uh, we're here to talk about a different aspect of Ray's life. Uh, Ray, if you're okay with it, I'd like to talk about your health issues you've been having. Is that all right? That would be good. All right. Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate you coming in and joining us today. Uh, welcome me into your place here to, to sit down and record this. Uh, uh, I, I appreciate you taking your time out of your day and your willingness to, to talk about this. So, um, yeah, let's, let's just get into it. Well, glad glad to do it, Brian. Uh, one thing, I'm on the county council, Jefferson County Council. Oh, I'm sorry. So no problem, no problem. But, uh, I don't want uh, Mayor Courtney upset with me. <laughs> horn in there, too. Yeah. No. But uh, – Yes, um, what I'd like to do is talk about uh, what first happened and, and uh, struggles I went through with uh, IPF and uh, it's idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and what that is is hardening of your lungs, they quit working and usually it's a one to five year uh, life expectancy wow. and uh Dr. Gupta from over at UC, University of Cincinnati was the one that uh, found out that I was in my fourth year, my last year of uh, IPF. So you weren't aware? No. For four years you had it and you weren't even aware? No. Um, the doctors at another hospital, I won't say which one, mm-hmm. but uh, they had misdiagnosed me, uh, the pulmonologist for that uh, that, that uh, hospital, and uh he just thought it was some tumors that uh, had developed on my lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh, some doctors had diagnosed it as COPD, okay. but uh, it was not not diagnosed until September of 2020. Okay. So uh, that all started. Uh, my oldest daughter, Ramey, went with me to the doctors, and uh, they had all the test results, and Dr. Gupta came in and said, uh, now, Ramey uh, knows a little bit about this already, yeah, right? Yeah, Ramey's a uh, PA and a physician's assistant, okay. and she works at the emergency room over at St. Uh, Elizabeth Hospital. And uh, she's not uh, she's a pretty good medical person okay. to have in your corner. Yeah. So. I can see so, why he took her with you. Yeah, so uh, uh, when he told me I had IPF, I'm kind of looking around and uh, trying to figure out what IPF was, and uh, then uh, – they explained it, and then when he said, uh, your father's in his last year of life, uh, I was, felt like I got hit upside the head wow. with a sandbag. And, uh, and then Ramey uh, said, well, what do we have to get him on to do to get him on the uh, transplant list? And now I'm really dazed. I'm about ready to fall out of my chair. So you're just sitting, you know, this all hits you within a matter of Just a matter minutes. of moments, yeah. literally. Wow. And then she goes, uh, what does he have to do to get a double lung transplant? Then I'm just going, oh, my gosh, I'm dead, you know. And uh, Dr. Gupta said, well, uh, your father's too heavy. Uh, I was weighing about 278 pounds at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, uh, you know, she goes, well, dad can lose the weight. He's an old wrestling coach. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going, who are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, that started our journey. Uh, my oxygen levels, uh, it was increasing that I need more and more oxygen every every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, then November came, and uh, about the second uh, week of uh, November, I got hit with COVID and pneumonia. And uh, that on top of IPF uh, was like driving a stake into my heart. Uh, it was tough. And uh, I eventually ended up over at University of Cincinnati. And uh, Dr. Gupta and a group of doctors, uh, I was in there for a week. And uh, my, uh, my thing was, was that through my research after we started researching IPF was that uh, 
if you get on vent, you're not coming off the vent yeah. for IPF patients. So uh, th- they came in to me on day three and four and said, uh, Mr. Black, you need to ha- be on a vent. And I said, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, well, you're, you're not going to make it. And I said, well, I said, I'm going to give you seven days. And if uh, I'm not any better in seven days, I'll go home to die with my family and in my house. And uh, they then called uh, Vicki, my wife, and uh, tried to talk her into it, putting me on a vent. Uh, She said, whatever Ray decides, it's his call. And then they they called uh, Ramey and Coco, tried to talk them into persuading me. And both of them told them the same thing. It's it's dad's call. So... uh, they come back to me on day four and said, uh, we need to vent you. I said, nope. I said, now you've now I'm upset. I'm going to leave. You got two two or three more days, and I'm leaving. So uh, they said, you need to be here at least 10 to 14 days. And I said, that's not going to happen. So on uh, two days before Thanksgiving, uh, Coco come and got us and drove me and Vicky back uh, home and uh, – I struggled. Uh, I was on oxygen. When I left there, I was on about 40 liters of uh, oxygen from two different tanks. We couldn't get uh, enough off of one tank. We had to go to a second one. And then uh, it was, you know, just trying to breathe. Somebody once asked me uh, what it was like to breathe with IPF. And I said, well, imagine an elephant sitting on your chest. Yeah. And you've got wet cheese cl- cloth across your face, and you're trying to breathe. Yeah, it's just almost impossible. So, and, and Madison and Jefferson County seems to have a very high rate of IPF. Really, uh, I'm not going to name names, but mm-hmm. there's uh, there's been several. There's several now that are going through it and battling and. Uh, there's uh, at least one that just recently had a, a uh, lung transplant. She had a single lung, and uh, the rate seems unusually high really? in this area. Man, so everybody seems to you know, have allergy <coughs> issues and, right. and everything in this area. Uh, yeah, I, my younger daughter, she's visiting right now. Uh, she she lives in California, and uh, yeah, she said she can definitely tell as soon as she got got back home right you, know, uh, right. you don't realize it till you get back here how, yeah. how bad it was so yeah, yeah. uh okay so, so uh anyway we uh we uh we've started losing well i didn't really start losing the weight until uh, i was going to phys- pulmonary rehab two days a week okay and uh we was trying to lose a little weight but we weren't really working out real hard because mm-hmm. you know i'd kind of resigned myself that uh it was probably time to pass, and yeah. uh, we started making funeral arrangements and uh, uh, cemetery arrangements, and I was just the whole nine yards. I wrote Vicky and my three children, my two grandchildren, uh, love letters that right. uh, they would read after I'd passed, and I had my uh, pallbearers picked out, and the, the whole nine yards, yeah. you know, stuff that you don't want to think right, about, yeah. but we probably need to, yeah. and. Uh, so my uh, daughter, Ramey, came over one day and said, you know, uh, Dad said, uh, your your grandbabies have lost one pawpaw. So they don't want to lose the other one. You need to get busy and lose the weight, get as strong as you can, and, uh, you know, be here for them to so that you can go to their sports activities. You can see them go to the prom mm-hmm. you can see them graduate high school all those things that are going to be milestones for them uh i think it was uh at that point i decided well was, uh, the other thing she said that uh, was something i always told my wrestlers and my softball players and she'd been a manager for the wrestling team for four years and uh, maybe longer if you count uh helping out in junior high mm-hmm. and all the club madison stuff she helped out with and uh, she played softball for me. So multiple times she said, we never, ever give up. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got, she said, you're a phony if you don't get busy. She, called, st- she called you out, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she called yeah. me out. Yeah. And uh, 
So at that point, I got serious on trying to lose the weight. Uh, uh, we, Medicare uh, paid for two days of pulmonary uh, exercise, but uh, Vicky and I started paying for the other three days, and I started going five days a week instead of two. Wow. And then uh, I started uh, working real hard on losing the weight, and, and in about four months, I lost uh, 70 pounds. Oh, wow. And it was just nice. from uh, what you got to do to, you know, get your weight off. Right, yeah. And, so that's uh, quite a motivator. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, But even losing the weight, though, that's no guarantee that no. uh, you're going to get the That you're going to get in the program, yeah. 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 They had to run a whole series of tests. I, you know, I would say at least 150 different tests were really? ran. And uh, they want to make sure you have no no cancer mm-hmm. uh, yourself or any any other ailments. Right. Uh, you know, kidney functions need to be at a certain level. The whole nine yards. Yeah. And uh, the thing that, uh, you know, they probed you. They took blood. That's taking blood all the time. Mm-hmm. We were driving back and forth to uh, Columbus, Ohio, because uh, we checked out three different uh, – transplant centers one was in louisville mm-hmm. one was at uh, cleveland clinic mm-hmm. and one was ohio state university and when we got checking it out uh, ohio state university for lung transplants is probably the most successful uh hospital in this area okay and uh they're even higher rated rated than uh, cleveland clinic wow so uh we went there and uh, it felt it felt like home i mean Vicky and I felt comfortable. All the staff, all the medical team, they just—they uh, were just really good. No matter how bad they punished you, yeah, <laughs> uh, you felt like they were doing it for yeah. for your benefit. Yeah, right? you took it, you yeah. know, and smiled. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we went through that. What I really want to get into at this point is God. Okay. God must have had to connect a million points to make this work okay um we're going to talk you know we're not going to have time to talk about the whole ordeal but right. uh we'll hit some of the highlights one uh when we finally got on the list just getting on the list had to be god's uh, plan mm-hmm. um i i started to feel like he was uh had another purpose for me or a reason for me to still be here mm-hmm. so uh that's the reason. That was another reason. Not only my my grandchildren, my wife, my children. Uh, God kind of uh, give me that uh, impetus to work harder. Mm-hmm. So uh, I uh, started working harder. We uh, started getting all the tests done. August rolls around. August the eleventh, and uh, we're meeting with the surgeon. And so you found out September. 2020 yes so now we're up to august of 21 yeah so we're almost a year later yes okay all right and uh and you'd been kind of given a year yeah but, okay and uh my points are, are you get points uh I, the way i understand it you get points for being a good chance to survive mm-hmm. they don't want to waste their right. organ that they donate Mm-hmm. that they put into your body so they have you you know they want you in the best physical shape you can be in they want you uh not to have any other ailments that would shorten your life mm-hmm. they want not only to to get into your lung but to, or get lungs into you but for it to stay in there for years mm-hmm. not just you know six days or right. a, you know a year they want multiple years so uh, they're looking for those type of candidates. So you get extra points if you're the better shape you're in. Mm-hmm. You also get extra points, and this is the unique thing, the closer to death they think you are, oh. the point level goes up. Your, your total points go up. Okay. So um, I'm thinking that, my points is what got me on the list as quick as it did, but we didn't get on as quick as we wanted. Yeah. Uh, we were on, uh, met with the doctor. I asked him, uh, doc, I said, uh, he, he explained cutting me open and the lung 
transplant process and i would say he probably spent about half hour explaining it he did a very thorough job Mm -hmm. dr whitson and uh excellent uh, surgeon from everybody i've ever talked to and uh he says okay do you have any questions for me and i said yes doc i do i said i got two i said the first one is uh, how long are you usually in the hospital after the transplant? And he said, oh, it varies two to six weeks. He said, 21 days about the average. And uh, But he says, I got one guy that hasn't done what he's supposed to, didn't get up and walk. Uh, he's been here for six months now. Oh, I, I just don't think he's going to make it. But, see, they also do psychological mm-hmm. uh, testing on you and ask you a group of questions. And... Uh, I knew that, you know, so uh, he said, uh, what's your second question? I said, my second question is, what's the quickest anyone's ever gotten out of the hospital after a double lung transplant? And he said, well, seven days is my record, and uh, I wrote a medical paper on this uh, on that gentleman. And uh, I immediately said, and this wasn't being cocky, it was because I felt like God had my back. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll do it in six. And he kind of smiled and he uh, kind of rolled his eyes yeah, back. We'll yeah. yeah, yeah. And he says, okay, I, you know, we'll see. I hope you do. Yeah. But, you got the uh, talking done, right? Yeah. So I, I was talking the talk, and then I had to walk the walk. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, again, we're talking about all the dots. So he gave me a thumbs up on that. And uh, it, all the doctors we met with on the 11th, said you're you know thumbs up we're we're gonna be good to go and so the 13th friday the 13th yeah. there uh, a group of doctors get together and they look at all the uh, records and medical reports and x-rays and not all of them are on that same team uh they're on a different team some of them are you have your team there my team was advocating for me to he's mm-hmm. ready to go and one of the doctors from one of the other teams said, I don't like what I see in this right lung. I, I want further tests done. And so 9 o'clock, they have that meeting on Friday. Well, they start making calls as soon as they come out of the meeting. That sometimes it's 10 minutes after 9. Yeah. Well, we didn't get a phone call till 4 in the afternoon. And uh, it was very devastating, That uh, not necessarily for me because I – uh, felt like I could deal with it one mm-hmm. way or the other. But Vicky was, uh, she was really uh, emotional and mm-hmm. tore up about uh, not getting on. Yeah. So I, I just tried to avoid her while she was yeah. having her uh, meltdown. But uh, we had been through a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and I can understand the meltdown. But I just kind of tried to stay even killed. And uh, so I said, uh, so what do we have to do? And they said, uh, well, you're going to have to get these tests done. And uh, I said, they, they think there might be cancer in your right lung. So I said, okay, well, we've done a lot of tests, and yeah. it should have showed up by now. But I said, I'll go do more. Where, when can I get in? Mm-hmm. I couldn't get into OSU until November. Oh, good grief. And I said, well, I'll probably be dead by then. Yeah. Uh, so they said, well, you're welcome to look anyplace else as long as they'll run these tests. Mm-hmm. So Ramey. Dr. Gupta, my pulmonologist over at UC, uh, Steve, Dr. Voorhees here in Madison, mm-hmm. uh, and even myself, we started calling around. You know, I think it was Ramey and uh, that found um, over at Westchester, Ohio. Mm-hmm. We found they could get me in and do tests on Thursday. Oh, wow. So I drove uh, that Thursday, and we got tests, and uh, actually a friend drove me. And uh, we got the test done. I said, please, you got to send it to them. Uh, they got to have it before 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, Mr. Black, we can't do it that quick. And I said, oh, please, it's life and death yeah. for me. So uh, they got them sent over, but not in time. Yeah. And so uh, we didn't go till in front of that board until the 28th. So... Uh, well, 27th, whatever that Friday okay. is. Yep. And uh, we got the call at uh, 9.10. You're on the list. Okay. okay. So they told us, make sure you pack your bags. Okay. 
So 53 hours later, uh, I got the call on Sunday afternoon, about 2, two o'clock, a little after 2. And uh, they said, uh, Do you, are you ready for two new lungs? Are wow. you ready to come here? So you have no idea. I mean, this could be uh, no. weeks, but yeah. it ends up as days. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It, it could be months. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, we uh, I had friends with the state police, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, they had worked it out with the uh, supervisors and with the state police to escort us over. Well, when we, they come down, we found out it was more than an escort. Uh, they actually took us. So uh, yeah. kudos to Indiana State Police, uh, Adam Bullock, Chris Hill. Yeah. Uh, they had turned a three-hour drive and did it safely into a two-hour drive. Yeah. So uh, that was, I just called it the ride. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, The professionalism and uh, the way that they were able to uh, pull that off. But uh, again, God connecting points Mm -hmm. is what made it all come together like it did. And uh, I'm now talking to uh, the uh, family of the gentleman that we got the lungs from. Okay. And the interesting thing is during this journey of ours, only a man can, you can only use a man's lungs if you're a man. Oh, I didn't know that. And if you're a woman, you can only use women's. Is that just because Because of the size? size? Yes, okay. and the chest cavity and yeah. all that. So uh, it's crucial that uh, you match up with, you know, blood type. You know, everybody just thinks it's blood type, right. but there's uh, chest size, uh there's so many things. Okay. So Doug was my donor. And, okay. uh, and where was he from? He is from Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. So there's another God point right there, yeah. God miracle. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually it's a 500-mile radius. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start in, and then they start branching out. Well, my match was uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. Not only was he my match, but he donated multiple organs okay. to multiple people. Yeah. So the lungs are the last thing to be harvested because okay. you got to keep the other organs alive. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Doug saved my life with my lungs. Mm-hmm. He saved another man's life with his heart. Wow. He saved two people's lives with kidneys by donating two kidneys. Wow. He saved at least one with a liver, yeah. maybe two. They can actually yeah, they can dissect that yeah. or bisect it and go from there. Then uh, the pancreas, yeah. uh, skin tissue, and his eyes. Wow. So uh, he helped somebody see it. a lot of lives. Yeah. So uh, my understanding is with the family that we were the first donor to write the thank you letter. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this apartment uh, in November, we'll have uh, Doug's mother and probably sister up here. And uh, we're looking forward to their wow. visit. So uh, That's going to be incredible. Yeah. And uh, with that, uh, the big thing is, is when I hug them and they yeah. hug me, uh, they're going to feel Doug's breath on their right. cheek. So... I can't tell you how excited they are yeah. and how they're looking forward to that. Yeah. So uh, he had a girlfriend. Uh, they actually call each other soulmates. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been talking to her. And, uh, again, God works in, uh, I don't say it's mysterious ways. I think he, God just works his, yeah. his miracles. And uh, all of the connections we've had to go through and the testing we had to go through um hopefully i can earn uh doug's legacy and mine yeah uh and that we make make it worthwhile for god yeah that's incredible yeah it's uh yeah that someone does that and and that you're fortunate enough to be able to be in contact with with his family it's that's amazing yeah it's such a blessing so uh part of my uh regime is i take about 30 to 35 pills a day wow 
uh, some in the morning, some at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take them at nine in the morning, nine at night. Okay. And uh, it varies because every Monday I go and have a blood draw. Mm-hmm. And they do tests on it. They decide exactly which medicines I should have and how much. So every week or every two weeks, my doses. Your, your drug regimen's changing. Changes, yeah. Wow. So we have to keep up with that. Um, That's a job right there. One of one of the tough things for me is now the uh, the blood draws every Monday. Mm-hmm. When I was there, uh, uh, we were. I ended up uh, the first day after surgery. I woke up about ten thirty, and I told the, the nurse asked how I was feeling. Uh, did all that? She said, and I looked over the side of my bed. I had. Seven big plastic. They looked like uh, they looked like rectangular boxes, but they were bigger than a milk jug. It mm-hmm. was probably about they probably hold about two and a half gallons. Yeah. And out my chest was seven tubes draining my chest. Oh, good grief! So, uh, and when they take those out, that's a unique feeling. I'll I bet. tell you that. But uh, she goes, "There's no way I can." Uh, drain or i can get these and get you walking because i said i want to go for a walk Mm -hmm. and she goes you're not walking today i said yes i am and she goes i don't think so i said well you check with dr whitson tell him i want to walk so she came back about 2 30 and she said he said you can walk uh what i don't know how we're gonna do it i gotta figure it out and i said you got one of those big fat uh walkers Mm -hmm. and she goes yeah. I said, you got any athletic tape? She goes, yeah. I said, well, do you think you can get that for me? And we'll take, and I'll tell you what to do. And she goes, all right. So in she come at about four thirty. she came in with, uh, the big, I call mm-hmm. it the big butt walker. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, she, uh, said, okay. She said, what do you want me to do? I said, put those two that way, put, the other two this way, put one there, and then stick two of them underneath the, mm-hmm. on, on the little uh, carrier. And she goes, okay. She goes, they're going to fall off. I said, that's what the athlete take for. Just start running around. Yeah. And she did. I had uh, I had uh, two IVs and one in each arm. Yeah. I had a port. And so they – and I actually, they had me on oxygen because they tell you that uh, – you're good to breathe, but most people don't believe it because they've been a lot of them, like myself, have been on oxygen yeah. for about a year. Yeah. So uh, a little bit over a year, I've been on oxygen. Well, you get used to a hose and mm-hmm. stepping on it and pulling it out yeah. and all that stuff. So uh, I realized pretty quickly that there was no oxygen coming out. Yeah. <laughs> it was very little. So. Uh, but that first trip, we had the oxygen with us too. Yeah, and I walked a quarter mile at four thirty. The day. The day of the surgery. Day of. Same day as the surgery. Wow. And then the second day, I walked a mile. Incredible. The third day, I walked two miles, and that by the third day in the evening, I was walking pretty much by myself. Were you still draining at that time? Uh, yes, I had still, still had two, two or three drain buckets okay. with me. Wow, and uh, but I just I I was setting it up and yeah. you know they they'd actually wouldn't let me lift them but they'd come in and put it up and I yeah. tape it and and then on the uh, fourth day I walked four miles and on the fifth day I was released so Vicky uh, nicknamed me Five Day Ray so the previous best that the doctor experienced was someone getting out in seven days seven days you made five five wow and. Uh, we had to live up there because we had you have so many tests. Yeah. So we lived up there for another seven weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, we rented an apartment. Uh, I mean, special thanks to all the people that uh, donated to our GoFundMe page. Yeah. Uh, my daughter set that up, and uh, it was uh, a lot of former wrestlers, mm-hmm. former boys and girls club kids, yeah. uh, just friends that helped out. And uh, I can't tell you how much we were. Again, there's another God thing. I mean, the prayers that went out for me must have been in the thousands of uh, people that prayed from for me. 
not only around this area, but around the world because my son and daughter-in-law lived in Hong Kong for eight years, lived in Sri Lanka for a year. They put their life on hold and came here and lived in this apartment. Okay. And then Coco, my youngest uh, daughter, uh, two days after I was diagnosed, moved up here uh, to Madison from Atlanta and worked remotely uh, until I got home from a double lung transplant. And then Ramey, of course, made multiple trips, working her job, taking raising two two children, being a being a wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made trip multiple trips up to uh, Columbus, Ohio, and uh, back and forth to here. Oh. So uh, again, you had, a, you had quite a team. I right? tell you, my my team, I'd match them up against anybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what uh, awesome. what family love you. You mentioned you, know, you want to talk about your, uh, God, right? Yes. Um, so what was the state of your faith before this? Well, uh, I've, I've heard it said, and many times uh, I've uh, thought of it. And, uh, you know, there's no atheist in foxholes. Mm-hmm. And even though I was not in a, having enemies firing at me, my enemy was IPF. Yeah. And I was in a foxhole. And uh, my faith had wavered. You know, I was saved at 12 years of age, but I had not been a very good Christian through that time. And uh, uh, we were away from a church for a while, and, and a friend said, you know, your children need to be raised in a church so that they got that option. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started going to church when the kids uh, were younger. And uh, my faith was nothing compared to my grandma Mabel, my mom, and my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had faith when it was convenient to have right. faith, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, having faith uh, and really meaning it is a totally different thing than when you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I've had different situations in our family and our life that have been tough, mm-hmm. and uh, we've lost some great great members of our family right and uh i always had faith and prayer sent prayers up mm-hmm. uh when it was convenient for me right uh now i pray uh multiple times a day yeah uh my faith uh like i said vicky my mom and my grandma mm-hmm. they can move mountains with their faith yeah but uh when I, when he asked when he when I said I'll get out in six, it was not being arrogant. It was not being cocky. It was being knowing that God had my back. Yeah. Faith. Uh, when I started uh, walking afterwards, uh, before that uh, I was getting ready to go into surgery, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I probably should have been asking myself. What you know? Are, are we going to make it through? We're probably not going to make it through. We could yeah. have had a million different yeah. uh, excuses there, but uh, fortunately, God had laid His hands on me, and uh, I was very calm. Yeah. I, I looked over at uh, Vicky and Coco. Uh, they've both been saved. Uh, they had a calmness and that confidence that they'd see me after yeah. the surgery. Yeah. Now, Ramey's a medical person yeah she's and a little more analytical uh, she was a lot or... more analytical and uh she knew the she knew the odds. she knew yeah, what the odds were yeah. yeah and uh she didn't look too good when i got right got wheeled back she yeah. uh she thought that was the last time she's gonna see dad alive yeah so uh i i think my faith uh now it will not be uh it will not go backwards it will only go forward I imagine yeah. and uh it's so different now when you when I pray to God. Uh, I, I know I'll never be a I'll never be a Jesus. I'll never be a great Christian. Right. Uh, I just want to be a decent Christian. Yeah. You know, uh, every day we make mistakes. Right. Uh, we think bad thoughts. We have bad thoughts about people. We get mm-hmm. upset. We have uh, no patience with people. Yeah, and uh, people that aren't like us. Uh, um, 
you know, the thing that I really get upset on with people and myself mm-hmm. is one, people talking bad about religion, mm-hmm. and two, talking politics. Yeah. Neither one comes out very good. Right. And it seems to bring out the worst in yes, people. Yes, it does. So uh, I think it's important that uh, we become more Christ-like, mm-hmm. and we'll never get to that stage, but at least we should be working toward that. Hard to argue with. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, so you got your got your new lungs. So yeah. everything's just fine right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Job well, done. We're not done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we we have to. So, so how long did you have to stay in Columbus? You said you were living up About there. seven weeks. Seven after, weeks. Okay. after we come out of the ICU. Okay. And uh, we had uh, blood, blood draws twice a week. We had uh, phys, uh, pulmonary rehab three times a week. Mm-hmm. We had multiple doctor visits every week, so uh, we were only about ten minutes away from the uh, hospital. Yeah, and we spent a lot of time uh, going live there. I'm back sure. and yeah. forth, you know. And as girls would sometimes just drop me off; they'd go check mm-hmm. out Columbus. And, yeah, uh, it is. Uh, and I don't. The fourth week we we got to come home, or fifth week overall, mm-hmm. we got to come home for a track uh, practice run here living at home oh okay and uh i told the girls i said i want to walk up uh, heritage trail they said there's no way yeah and i said yeah we're gonna do it and i didn't want to use the walker yeah but they insisted i did and uh i hate to admit it don't tell them i said this but uh, <laughs> uh i used it and i was glad i did glad you had yeah, it after all yeah. they were but, right again huh? yeah but uh don't tell them that please don't tell them they're right <laughs> yeah. but uh the fourth week, uh, I believe it was, we were up in Columbus, and you know Jack Hanna, Columbus uh, Zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said we gotta go to Jack Hanna Zoo, mm-hmm. and they said, well, the, the nurse that was taking care of me, she said, uh, Tuesday's probably gonna be your best day. You don't want to go on the weekend because yeah. it's super crowded. And they said, uh, you do realize there's about seven or eight miles of walking maybe nine miles mm-hmm. of walking in that to see everything mm-hmm. i said we're okay we're good yeah so uh we did go and walk uh that um i had over seventeen thousand steps that day i think it was wow. 17 to eighteen thousand steps and uh we saw the zoo and uh it was a great day but uh boy i was tired when i come back i bet wow <laughs> So four 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 weeks after being released from a hospital. That's so, crazy. Yeah, That's... but great zoo, beautiful. Yeah. So how many months has it been now? Well, so we're coming up on, uh, you know, it's uh, almost July. So we had July and August. So month number ten on okay, the thirtieth. So you're nearing a year. Yeah. Now, uh, now I know we talked uh, a few weeks ago on the phone a little bit, and you were giving me some stats about survival rates yeah yeah and i know that like the one year mark was a big one yeah so what what were some of those again well uh if you survive a surgery uh um and you make it to one 80 percent make it to the one year so you lose about 20 percent okay but of people that survive a surgery okay not everybody sur- survives the right. surgery and what we mean by survive a surgery it means getting home okay okay mm-hmm. not still tied to the hospital okay so about 80 percent, and then it drops to about uh on the second year it drops to about 73 percent okay and then the third year it drops to 67 percent and the fourth year it drops down to like 58 percent and then the fifth year it's about 50 about 50 percent okay so you still so got it, a bit of a battle yeah so we've got a battle we, we have to make sure that we're exercising eating good meals and balanced mm-hmm. diet. Yeah. And uh, we have to avoid people that maybe a cold could wipe me out. Yeah, uh, right. COVID. That's cr- yeah. I mean, we've got a little bit going on in yeah. that area right now, yeah. right? Yeah. And, so uh, I wear a mask. Uh, uh, sometimes I double mask. Uh, yeah. We're hoping to go on vacation and uh, uh, I'll double mask yeah. on the plane. Yeah. And yeah, uh, there. we'll try to take uh, precautions everywhere we can. Yeah. So, so uh, well, I know that uh, every time I 
uh, talked to you here recently or whatever. I called you the other day and you were out riding your bike. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. said so. Yeah, it looks like you're 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 getting with it. So that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, my wife's getting with it too because she's. Uh, with me pretty much on all the walks except yeah. when she's at work now is she going because she wants to or is she going because she's oh, worried about you she loves to walk yeah i mean okay. that, she did a lot of walking she was always trying to motivate me to go walking yeah. with her yeah but i just didn't have the air yeah. to do it she she actually thought i was being lazy just you were... and a slacker yeah yeah you're sandbagging <laughs> on her yeah and uh then she, after she found out that uh, I had IPF, she goes, oh, man, I, I feel bad. <laughs> you know? She's bad-mouthing you all this time. Uh, so I did see you at the, the Molly Walk here yeah. in town uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so I know you walked that. Yeah. And, uh, and I was not happy with my time. Yeah. Well, it, it, was, it was a 5K, right? So it's it was a 5K, 3.1. 3. And uh, that was 104 and change. So a little over an hour. I was wanting to months. stay under – the hour yeah and then uh two weeks later i walked the uh, denny kerrigan memorial 5k mm-hmm. in rising sun and we did it in 55 minutes and change wow so, so we took a little a off <laughs> the ironic thing was i got second place in my age group so i guess hey you know something older than dirt you get a yeah. give you a participation that's yeah, all right ribbon, you know i think you've earned <laughs> that one though yeah. and uh, but, uh we're getting ready for the 10k here in and, Madison. Yeah, and that's uh, the Madison uh, Firecracker. That'll be on July so you're 2nd. So you're going to be doing twice the distance. Yeah, yeah, and I've been trying to build up to that. Yeah. And uh, we've got, we're raising money for Donate Life. Okay. Uh, it's just so crucial. And, One, and what is Donate Life? Donate that's Life good. is a group that goes and actually will take and get the organs and bring them to, okay. to the hospital. So uh, Donate Life is uh, critical because... After you sign your your driver's license mm-hmm. to be a, a donor, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop there. You got to have a, a, somebody that loves you or that you love to be an advocate because lots of times somebody dies in an accident, uh, they look at the uh, card, but that's not their primary situation. They mm-hmm. may have other people hurt. Right. So if if uh, you need to be an advocate for your loved ones if. If that's what they their wish is, okay. So uh, make sure that uh, if you sign your your card that you talk to your wife or your uh, spouse, uh, children, make mm-hmm. sure they know that that is uh, something that you want done. And and Doug had talked to his family. Okay. So, uh, so lots of times, you know, the police and the uh, rescue people, EMTs, they're there doing their job. Right. They they don't really. You know, it's not a priority. Yeah, right? I mean, it's not a priority yeah, at that time. Unfortunately, but I, I can understand it yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, first thing you should do is try to sign your driver's license. Mm-hmm. Second thing, get an advocate for yourself. Okay. That you make sure that they're going to make sure your wishes are followed. Okay. Uh, you know, other ways to do this is is we're going to do a uh, the t-shirts that look like a uh, it's got donate life logo on the front mm-hmm. it's in red and silver ohio state colors yeah. but i'm telling my iu f- friends just think of it as a fat eye okay <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on the back of a shirt it's got the fat eye yeah. uh, and it's got team five day ray okay and the shirts are going to cost about 15 dollars, and we're charging 20 we're going to yeah. donate five dollars of every shirt to donate life okay uh, we're also uh, we're taking donations. Mm-hmm. Um, you can mail those to uh, Ray Black Jr. at eight thirty four West Main Street, and we'll take and send you a receipt, and we'll take and make sure that that donation gets to Donate Life. We're okay. go, we're hoping to go up and present them with a nice large check. Okay. Uh, after we're done and have some of the people go up to Ohio, Columbus, Ohio with us. Okay. Uh, we've been in that Donate Life Center. Uh, they've got little uh, shadow boxes that's got stories of literally hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are donors. Some are recipients of organs. And uh, some are family members that uh, wish they still had their, you know, dad, mom, right. uh, little girl, 
little boy. Uh, you know, there's so many. Uh, you know, you got uh, you got heart issues. You got lung issues. It's what we've been talking about: kidney issues, mm-hmm. pancreas. No I mean, there's it, there's yeah. so many things that uh, take people's lives, mm-hmm. and uh, we just want uh, people to start thinking about uh, being a donor and uh, make that a priority. Uh, not only to sign your card, but to make sure that you have an advocate. Yeah, that's part of it I never really yeah. thought about. Well, that, you know, a lot of people don't. Yeah, and, you think you sign your card, it's done, and yeah, you know, Vicky and I got Vicky yeah. and I just celebrated our uh, 49th wedding anniversary yesterday, and mm-hmm. uh, I think we signed ours uh, when I was 21 and she was 19 when yeah. we got married. Yeah, and uh, uh, something we do every time we go back to renew our license mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, the ironic thing was talking to Doug's uh, soulmate, mm-hmm. uh, Carrie. She said that uh, Doug uh, was very depressed uh, at, uh, you know, when he went to renew his driver's license. He said, I don't even know if it's going to do me any good to donate. He says, my body's not in very good shape. Yeah. He had a lot of uh, hip issues. He had his hip replaced twice. Um he it was a smoker at one time. He said, I don't know if I, my yeah. lungs would even be good. Right. But lungs will replenish themselves if you quit smoking today. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everybody, please quit smoking if you're smoking. I know it's a habit. I know it's yeah. your right. And I'm not trying to infringe on your right. But uh, yeah, there's, just there's, for your children's sake. There's two good outcomes. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. So they'll start. My dad was a, a two, three-pack-a-day smoker. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my aunt died of lung cancer, he threw his last pack away on that day. And he, he just passed away this past year at 93 years of age. Wow. But he hadn't smoked for probably uh, almost 50, yeah. 50 years. Apparently. Yeah. That's amazing. So, uh, again, it's, it's crucial that yeah. uh, we, we do what we can to extend people's life. Well, fortunately, Doug overcame whatever doubts he had he did you know, he's, when he was doing that he, he, he signed it on that uh in the on the uh in march of uh 21 mm-hmm. and uh wow that, that and i so got that, that i got quick. his lungs in august of 21 wow. so uh, again god yeah. Yeah. <laughs> connecting dots right. you know exactly. uh, again i just can't i can't imagine all the dots that were connected by our heavenly father Mm-hmm. And of course, Sunday's Father's Day. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll recognize my dad, but I'll recognize my heavenly Father as well. Right, and uh, I'll recognize Doug, and uh, I'll recognize my son son-in-law for my two grandbabies. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's important that uh, every day we get up. It's important to tell your spouse and your children, your grandchildren, I love you. Mm-hmm. And uh, kiss them every day that you get a chance. If you're if you're leaving or they're leaving to go to work, give them a kiss. If uh, they're leaving to go back home to Ohio or Kentucky or wherever, make sure you get a hug and a kiss out of them. Mm-hmm. It's so important uh, to let everyone know because we know not how many days we have on this earth. Right. So uh, please just. Uh, Every, every day, let uh, let those people you know that say I love you. I mean, it doesn't cost you a thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, you know, had a money value, then uh, I could understand your baby being a little selfish. Right. But uh, it takes a little bit of time and yeah, and sometimes swallowing your pride. Yeah. Right. If there's something yeah. else going on there. Yeah. You know? But uh, now it sounds like, uh, and I, I, I suspect I knew you a little bit before all this. Uh, it's not like you had a bad attitude before, but it sounds yeah. like you've definitely got a got a different outlook now. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, I've always tried to be positive because yeah. working with kids, but you can't be coaching. Work at the boys and girls club and coach yeah. kids. You yeah. can't be. So too I've always tried to instill in them, but uh, I had to practice what I preach. Yeah. In this situation, yeah. and uh, I think uh, my family, uh, Vicky, Ramy, uh, Derek, Coco. Toby, K.O., Gracie, and Griggs. I mean, they come together. Uh, they basically put their lives on hold to get me through this. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, like you, you had a heck of a support uh, yeah. staff there. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, 
That's really, really all I had. We'll include, uh, I'll get your address on there if anybody wants to send donations. We'll okay. put that in the show notes. Uh, links to Donate Life and the fundraiser and where people can help out there. Right. Uh, I know you got a Facebook page. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll yeah. include that on there and everything. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, Ray, is there anything else no. you want to Well, it's, just it's one a, last thing I'll finish yeah. up with. I apologize for people on uh, the many Facebook posts I have because uh, sometimes it seems ridiculous that I'm posting something, but it's been part of my recovery yeah. And part of my therapy, writing uh, writing about different situations that's happened. Yeah. Uh, Coco has put together a playlist on Spotify for me. And it was basically from the day I was able to get up back on Facebook and start mm-hmm. sharing songs of a day or right. situations about my uh, journey. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry if it offends people or if it's, in some cases it's kind of a pain. To, but other people have told me, thank you so much. I was going through a situation this past week, and your post pulled me through it and yeah. made me more positive. Yeah. So that's all I'm doing is trying to uh, uh, encourage people to be strong, uh, yeah. be good, and kind. There's a, there's a lot of good. There's, there's a lot of bad things with social media and facebook but yeah. used properly it it uh it can be it can be a benefit for sure that's well, that's great that you got that platform so. uh, thank you so much for having me on uh, your show your podcast uh, project 39 yeah. i've listened to several of them oh good and uh i like them and, and spread uh, the word i'll take the spread the word to, uh, trying to get it out there yeah so uh it's uh it's definitely not anything we make any money with, but I just like to sit down and have, uh, have these conversations yeah. with people. So Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Ray, take care of yourself, and we'll be seeing you around, man. Thank you. Take care. God bless.